questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we'll discuss DNA, which is directly linked with the Earth grids that have electric and magnetic ley lines, representing the masculine and feminine, just like our bodies. Technology and AI, which can be positive and negative. We'll also discuss the Mars Agenda, the recruitment program, consciousness, updates on the disclosure movement, Project Monarch, also the Eisenhower administration. Did President Eisenhower witness an extraterrestrial craft land, and did he meet with extraterrestrials at the Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico in 1955? Did he also enter into an agreement with them? Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button. Join me on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And to discuss this and much more, tonight's special guest is Laura Eisenhower, a global alchemist, whistleblower, and intuitive astrologist. She's an internationally acclaimed speaker who has presented her work worldwide. Laura is the great-granddaughter of President Dwight David Eisenhower. She is considered by many to be one of North America's leading researchers on exopolitics, alchemy, ascension mechanics, and galactic history. Laura works to free us from the 3D holographic time loop and false arconic systems. Feeling and calling regarding her mission since she was a child, she has gained incredible insight through experience, psychic development, and research about how to guide us into higher Earth energies. Her passion is to bring about disclosure, inspire unity consciousness, and bring us back to the zero-point unified field, the totality of our divine powers. Her website is CosmicGaia.org, and she joins us directly from the state of Montana. Hello, Laura, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Mel. My pleasure. Well, Laura, let me just say I've been aware of your work for a number of years, and we met in person a couple of years ago, and I really felt almost like you were a lost friend. I really felt like I knew you from before. So I'm glad we're finally doing an interview together. Oh, me too. Now, I remember the first time I heard about you. It was during the time I interviewed Andrew Bashago and the Mars program many years ago. Well, why don't we begin with your story first, uh, for those who may not know who you are. Yes, well, thank you. Um, I was introduced to the Mars agenda in the year 2006. Um, I know you covered a lot in the bio, so I won't repeat just sort of uh, my process before getting to that point, because that was a really pivotal time. Because in 2006, I was approached to go off planet. And at the time, I just thought this was something the person, you know, the person that wanted to bring me in, I I, I figured it was something he was going to do anyway, regardless of my presence. Um, I think he, he still had the plan to, but there was a, a particular piece uh, on their end that found it important that I join them. And there were missions that he was sent on that seemed to be somewhat controlled, like once we got together, I noticed that he would get phone calls and he would get codes over the phone and he would disappear for days and not remember anything. And I started to hear terms like handler and 
Um, I was really keeping my ears out as he was sort of uh, wanting to pull me in and giving me reasons why this was important with the target date being 2012 and how this was for my protection. So it all sounded, you know, pretty friendly. Um, it sounded like they were interested in, interested in me, but I, I more thought that I just ended up with a partner that just had this, you know, mission. And I had a choice to just say no, if I wasn't in agreement, because ever since I was young, I've always felt a calling to help in this particular window period, which I almost felt like I was being prepared for, uh, which is this, you know, window of opportunity for us to really advance ourselves as humans, uh, you know, really needing to have discernment, you know, watching out for things like artificial timelines and AI and transhumanism. So this is a really big, important uh, window of, of, of time. So it was a big red flag for me to be invited to do this. And then I realized it was a little bit more than an invitation. And um, there was a lot of intent for them to take me along, even though I was very uh, not, I mean, I, I just really just expressed a lot of uh, apprehension. And, uh, and then he finally admitted to me after I was with him for six months, because basically we had started dating when I moved back to the DC area, I had an immediate familiarity. But about six months into the relationship, he said that he was sent specifically on a mission to bring me in. And I didn't have a choice and they were going to take me anyway. And everything just got a little bit freakier and freakier. And all during all this time, I was taking notes. I was taking names. I wasn't allowed to uh, meet with the people directly. I wasn't invited to the meetings, but I took all the names. I recognized it was a group called the Aviary and also the Aquarium, who are a think tank of UFO kind of guys. And uh, they... Um, seemed to be curious about the UFO and abduction phenomenon. But what I was picking up was that whatever instructions my partner was getting to go to Mars, he was getting from some, what he thought was an extraterrestrial race. And as legit as that might be, I felt like it was artificial telepathy. I didn't feel like any of it was legit. And I kept following my intuition. And, uh, and then I discovered that they had looking glass technologies that tracked us in a previous lifetime so that he would be easy bait because I would feel natural affinity because we had been linked before in a past life. So then I'm like all these technologies, I'm like all these different terms, all this sort of survival energy. I'm trying to raise my kids. And after a certain point, I ran into folks like Andrew Bashago. Um, you know, I met him through Alfred Weber. Um, and I was just sort of surrendering to the universe that if I really need to bring this forward, if, if this is beneficial for humanity, that some sort of opening would happen without me pushing it. Cause I was, really not sure. And, you know, what, once I started to name names and they really knew that I was onto them, um, then it got really weird because, you know, just to kind of wrap it up. So I'm not talking too much on just this one thing. Um, basically, when I found out all the information, because they had cover careers, like you would never find anything negative about them or that they were dealing in things like my labs and psychotronic weaponry and artificial telepathy. You would never see that just seeing it on the surface, but I was convinced that something darker was going on. I researched for weeks until I started to see this association with them and these things. And it clued me into the fact that the Mars agenda had been infiltrated, same with the defense departments. And it had a lot to do with the alternative three scenario that took place in the Eisenhower administration. And also, um, just the sort of service to self entities and uh, the fact that if there are cataclysms and we needed to leave the earth, that more than likely they were induced and engineered, you know, with things like geoengineering and weather modification. And, and so I just felt, I, I just, it's not worth it. I can't even talk to these people. I really want to expose these potential um, destructive timelines. And if they're not destructive, then the secrecy shouldn't be a problem because the human race shouldn't be kept in the dark. So, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell is just recognizing uh, 
sort of the friendly approach and then kind of digging deeper and, and really educating myself. Um, and then, yeah, understanding that the secret space program has been absolutely uh, infiltrated, but it's so compartmentalized that it's been very difficult for any of us to connect the dots. But that's kind of what I've been trying to do for the last eight years, you know, coming out more public and meeting a lot of other whistleblowers is, okay, let's connect some dots here. And uh, there's a lot of people coming forward with, you know, very different stories. But um, I think it's it's clear that there's been a massive level of infiltration since the Second World War and, you know, Project Paperclip and a lot of these different treaties and government um, dealings with different ET races. Now, I want to dissect your life and I want to dissect a lot of the things you're saying. For example, uh, the term Alternative 3 came to mind. A lot of people may think that's just a, a TV program, but also it was also a movie, I believe, in 1977. And for those who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alternative 1 was Earth, Alternative 2 was the Moon, and Alternative 3 was Mars. And if I remember correctly, there was some footage there of a craft landing, of a, of a NASA craft landing on Mars that some speculate that could have been true as opposed to what the movie showed that was just science fiction. Your take on that? Uh, my take on just some of those stories that seem false or seem like myths, you're saying? No, the movie Alternative 3 that showed, a, I believe, a NASA craft landing on Mars. And some people speculate that NASA actually filtered that out to the public to say it was science fiction when, in fact, we actually arrived to Mars. Right. And this is uh, very important. People like Ken Johnston, who's a whistleblower uh, for NASA, who got fired for uh, wanting to expose the pictures that they were trying to alter of, you know, structures and obvious signs of, of life and activity. Um, all that sort of got wiped. And, and so Ken Johnston's a great source and has become a friend um, who, you know, was one of the people that was sorting through those sort of things and um, noticed that they were, you know, trying to cover it up. So when we look at these things in fiction, we have to kind of understand that when they're underplayed as being, uh, you know, untrue. I mean, there there are untrue elements that we start to find out about, but then it undermines the things that actually happen, and we're all sitting here left confused. But when we look at enough testimony, enough whistleblowers willing to come forward, um, you know, especially people that have done the twenty and back, which is a lot of um, you know, stories that have a lot of common threads, but they're very difficult for anybody to wrap their head around because these technologies are so advanced. And I have, you know, no real proof except for really knowing these people personally and just seeing, you know, how all these dots connect. And even, you know, sessions I do for people during the day, you know, who aren't ready to come public, who are saying the same sort of things that have, you know, nothing but just needing to share about it. So it's like my day job too. Um, yeah. So, I mean, even on the Zeta Talk website, it says, uh, you know, those connected to alternative three are service to self data graze. Um, there's just, you know, places that one can find a lot more information about, you know, these agendas and the Jason scholars, which Eisenhower set up uh, was connected to this. They were meant to kind of sift through all the different information about ETs. And um, in 1955, uh, they were created and they're considered to be a branch of MJ-12 and MJ-12 supposedly are the ones that got their hand on all the ET technologies. And uh, yeah, so they were uh, the Jason scholars were created to sift through all the facts, evidence, technology, lies and deception and find the truth of, you know, what, what's going on with this alien thing. 
But because of the infiltration and things that were happening in Area 51 and just the, almost like this virus spreading, you know, without the surface governments or even Eisenhower being fully aware, even though I do believe he had quite a bit of contact, something really got out of control. And that's why we haven't had any exposure. And these rogue sort of breakaway civilizations have been kind of doing their own thing for their own benefit. And so then when I was recruited to Mars, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this until I get to the bottom of it. So I'm not trying to make anybody a bad guy. There's a lot of compartmentalism. They convinced my partner he was doing something huge and like he was a hero. And and so a lot of people get blackmailed. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, pieces have come together. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, that movie was pointing towards the truth. And so they try and undermine the truth. And then they get and, and the things with the different psyops like flat earth or we never landed on, the, you know, then then we're all just sitting here like, what? You know, how do we it just gets crazy. Let me mention something because, you know, I keep thinking of the uh, Holloman Air Force Base uh, alleged landing and the meeting with your great grandfather. I remember interviewing uh, Bob Emenegger. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was the producer behind the documentary UFOs Past, Present and Future. And on that uh, documentary, allegedly, well, he told me this, then he denied it after he spoke with me. And then anyway, there was a footage of a landing on that video. And apparently the Air Force told the producers, you can show it. But you have to say this could have happened or may happen in the future. You cannot say that it did happen. I saw the video. It's in the documentary. Are you aware of this? What was the documentary called? UFOs, Past, Present, and Future. No, I've, I I have bits of, like, information that is connected to that, but I never saw that documentary. I'm going to have to see that. Wow. Let's see if I can find the uh, the actual little footage. Uh, they were given thousands of reels, I mean, of feet of, of film. And at the last moment, they said you can only use 70 feet of the reel, which was only the little dot, you know, landing as opposed to the entire thing. Somebody exactly. changed their mind. Back to the Mars program, because this is when I heard about you, as I said, after I learned from Andy Bajago. A lot of people may think, could it be that Andy and and Laura could have been victims of MK Ultra? Can you, for the for the skeptics out there who may say this story is a hoax, can you elucidate? Well, I love that you asked that because I know that a lot of people walk away from these sort of interviews or stories um, thinking that, and that's a very very important thing to consider. Um, my partner was actually being mind controlled. Um, I have done so much energy work, done regression. You know, I was in a clairvoyant institute for two years. I've always been a skeptic about myself and anything that I share. And I tend to not do any presentations with any slide that I don't feel pretty darn convinced that it's as close to the truth as I can get while encouraging people, of course, to have discernment. Um, their whole tactic with me was more heart control. I, I, I'm not easily mind controlled. I've always been a free spirit. I was never thrown into any projects as a kid. I've done hypnoregression. They saw weaponry on me coming from outside, like psychotronic weaponry, before I even knew, you know, the details about that or what that even was, even though I felt something on me my whole life. I, I was kind of preserving my brain at all costs. I could feel something trying to break me and crack me and even try and steal my soul. And so I did a lot of energy work. I lived in the wilderness for a couple of years, being trained as an expedition guide or, or leader um, in the wilderness. And so it'd be very hard to get away with being in that position for as long as I was if I was really operating under some level of mind control. Because nature, you can't really get away with being 
very controlled when you're, you know, out there um, just you know, fending for your life and having to survive and, and, and also thrive because it's not there to, you know, necessarily kick your butt. But um, yeah, so I did hypnoregression. I was always thinking, you know, am I being fooled? So it's not so much me being mind controlled. It's how legit is this Mars agenda, period? What were they convincing him of? You know, but then I meet other whistleblowers and it's like, well, are they all mind controlled? So one has to consider that. But mostly what they've done is they've been able to crack through the mind control to start to download memories that got wiped. Because for a lot of these people, um, they don't remember anything. And then all of a sudden an event happens and everything starts to flood in. And it's usually after they're pretty free of the program or they um, aren't in service anymore. I mean, they might be somewhat still owned and tracked and monitored, but they're not under the grips like they were before. Folks like Captain K, Randy Kramer, Tony Rodriguez. Now we got Jason Rice coming out. Um, Corey Good's testimonies. I mean, you know, they might not all uh, see eye to eye on certain things, and some might wonder if some of those are false implants. Even the ones that are part of the space program question each other because they know how that can go. So I kind of step back as the observer. I've been um, free of you know these projects, so it was more recruitment, and they were using somebody as bait. So I almost say, yeah, I was almost subject to heart control. Where yeah, I would have gone to Mars with him because he's. You know, I have an affinity with him and, you know, we, we had our little Celtic hand fast. We, you know, we were sort of married. We had a great relationship except for all this. And I always thought of it as I want to debunk this. This has got to be crazy. Like, what is going on with this guy? And I don't want to go to Mars. I don't want to take my kids to Mars. And all this sort of fear tactics of, um, you know, in the event of a cataclysm. So we look at some of these Armageddon timelines and these movies all about the end of the world. And, you know, obviously there's no true end, but you know, they made it sound like there was this huge necessity to go to Mars. So I would think if I was under mind control, I'd be on Mars. But I was like, there's no way. And I want not to, you know, try and promote something or an agenda. I want to look at all the nooks and crannies. Look at the MK Ultra. Look at the satanic ritual abuse. Look at what these technologies are capable of doing, including simulated realities. Because I asked the question, was that even Mars? I mean, are they even going to Mars? Are they putting these people in rooms or virtual reality scenarios you know, creating some kind of picture that, you know, might not fully exist. But then at the same time, meeting Ken Johnston and some of these more, um, you know, these people that have really, you know, worked, not been under mind control, but noticed these things as they were, you know, working these professions, you know, then it goes back to kind of validating, um, you know, the real deal with the life on Mars. So there might be two going on, you know, a simulated reality, maybe some kind of organic reality. But here we are kind of in this holographic time loop, you know, that's confusing enough. So I'm, I know after all the regression and all the, you know, meditation and, um, you know, being in the wilderness, I mean, I've, I've kept myself pretty darn clear. And I mean, every partner I have, I'm like, are you a handler? Are you a CIA agent? I mean, I'm always like, ah, trying to protect myself. And, you know, the, the kind of, um, you know, things that I work with to keep, you know, my brain waves clear. I don't watch TV. I turn off the electronics I don't have any handlers. I haven't been in any projects. The great thing about the Eisenhower family is we've we've been sort of the opposition to the Illuminati. So there's been a lot of targeting to break us in other ways because because we're not a far, uh, part of the Illuminati bloodlines. We don't have that trauma based mind control, multi generational stuff going on, um, or trust funds or anything that like connects us into you know sort of like the dark cabal. Um, Eisenhower, you know, was raised as a farm boy. He did get pulled into these ET government treaties, but they actually originated long before him. And by the time it reached his administration, it was considered a surrender. 
But if anybody does research, they're going to see the first rumor, the first bit of information about ET government treaties are going to point directly at him. So some people might think, oh, you know, he sold us out. So back when I first started speaking, I was fine saying that I'm not here to be biased. I'm here for truth because this is the priority. So I would just say, you know, what I had picked up on and the things that I was hearing and that since I. Thank you for listening to unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles and more. Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.